Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. My friends, Mama Verma here. I'm very tired. I'm not going to lie, I'm very tired this evening. It's an evening recording for me, um, as my next guest is 10 hours behind me in Salt Lake City, Utah. The things I do for Busy Mumsy is staying up way past my bedtime. <laughs> Oy. You know what, though? I have the energy. Don't you worry. I, I feel like the, you know, the last little trickle of coffee within my, my body will always come to surface as soon as I log in for the Busy Mumsy chat. Well, today I do have a mega influential mama bear coming on today's show. I am talking about Lindsay White, the creator of The Little Milk Bar. Lindsay created The Little Milk Bar in 2018 at her kitchen table. After a woman came up to her at a wedding that she was attending, Lindsay was feeding her son. And this particular person came up to her and said, do you really think you should be doing that here? Maybe you should go to the bathroom and do that. I mean, I don't know Lindsay yet, and I, I can't wait to hear how this all panned out. But for me, I think that I would have smoke coming out of my ears and be like, um, why don't you mind your own business? But that's just me. Lindsay White wanted no mother out there to feel this way, to feel shamed, or to even feed their child in a dirty bathroom stall or feel like they're you know, feeding their child anywhere that makes them feel uncomfortable. Every mother should know their rights. Every mother should know she's got a gang of mamas standing right there behind her. Now, there is a tag that Lindsay uses for the little milk bar, and that is use your voice even if it shakes. I love that. It is gorgeous. Let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy Chat. Lindsay White, welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, I really appreciate your time as I know you are super busy as a mama bear to three and building your brand, The Little Milk Bar. Yes. So where are you um, signing in for this lovely Busy Mumsy chat from? Where are you in the world? I am in Salt Lake, Utah. I love that. Yeah. I, I I mean, I knew that, but I, you know, just in case the Busy Mumsy podcast listeners don't know where you're from. So for the listener, just so you know, and you are very aware of this, I am a huge fan of the Real Housewives. And <laughs> one of my favorite franchises is Salt Lake City. And I happen to be in the thick of it right now. You are not, you cannot tell me that Salt Lake City is your favorite one. Is it's it really? Not, it's, it's in my top three. Oh, okay. Mm. Top three, okay. It's in my top three. Um, 
But let me just tell you, as I am in Uganda and 10 hours ahead of you, oh um, I, I, I end a lot of my evenings binge watching these crazy shows. Yeah, it's like probably is why I have such banana dreams. But but with that said, I I literally it's on my list. That's what I will be diving into this evening after you and I say our farewells. <laughs> So um, I have I, never I, watched an episode. What? No. <laughs> you are missing some Jen Shaw and Whitney magic. I'm telling you, but I've you know heard, what? I've heard it's crazy. And I've been to a few events where some of the moms are there, but I don't, I don't know them. I've never watched it. I don't know. Listen, I'm not going to mom shame or anything, but I don't, I, I don't know what their, their, their breastfeeding experiences were like, but um <laughs> <laughs> But uh, they, they are, are they are very interesting characters. But anyways, enough about that and more about you. As we, we all know through social media and what you are doing and projecting out there in the most beautiful way, being an advocate for women and their rights for breastfeeding and normalizing it. It's a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful gift. And I want to dive into that. However, I want to rewind back to... Lindsay White becoming a mom and finding out that first time, because these are always fun stories to reflect back on. And yeah. because you are a businesswoman and a mama bear of three, per, you know, your life was very different when you first found out you were pregnant. So yeah. I would love for you to share with the Busy Mumsy listeners what it was like for you finding out the first time around when you were expecting Allie. Sharp. Sure. So I was 20, I was 27 when I had Allie. So I was 26 when I found out I was pregnant. And I remember my husband and I had been together since I was 18 years old. We met in college. And so we were together forever. We got married and we were like, okay, do we want to have kids? I honestly, I never wanted kids, <laughs> but... <laughs> Thumbs up. I'm with you. I'm with you. And you, we, we will never be the, the only ones to say that. And you were no. safe and it's okay yes. to feel that way like, mm -hmm. with you. My husband comes from a big family and he wanted a big family. And I was like, I don't know if I want kids. And he's like, all right, well, like we'll circle, circle back. Um, so he brought it up again. He's like, I want to have a kid. And I was at that point, I was like, okay, I think I, I would love to have a kid with you. So we decided to have a kid and I'm like, you know, I'm 26. It could take us like a year or two to get pregnant. Cause we're not going to actively try. We're just going to take away the birth control. And I'm like, then I'll be pregnant for almost a year. So I'll be almost 30 by the time I have this baby, <laughs> but we got pregnant like the first month. <laughs> and I was like, not expecting that. I thought I would have more time. So Yes, we were trying, but it was very much shocking to me. I just, I was like, wait a minute. Whoa, pump the brakes. I'm not ready for this yet. <laughs> so yeah. And then I just remember the whole time I was pregnant with her, I was terrified the whole time thinking I'm going to have to push this huge baby, like the size of a watermelon out of my vagina. How does this work? How has women, how have all the women done this before me? I mean, did you go down the YouTube rabbit hole? Because no. let me tell you, mm -hmm. oh, we, we got to the point where like by the third trimester, we had to log off. We were like done watching. I don't want to know what oh size gosh. she is. Make sure she's healthy because this is all now starting to scare the bejesus out of me. Yeah, it is scary. 
labor and delivery was like so scary for me too. The whole time I was just terrified. Um, but everything turned out fine. And, and then my second pregnancy was so much better. I educated myself so much more about birth. I was not terrified. Um, I did a hypnobirth with Coda in the hospital and I labored in the tub um, and then ended up giving birth to him on the toilet. But that was the most magical, amazing birth, completely painless. It was so beautiful. And then when we got pregnant with my last, Frankie, I thought, oh, we got this. Like, our last birth was so easy. It was painless. Like, we'll be fine. So we did a home birth with her, but it ended up not being painless. It was a completely different experience this time around. We did all the same stuff. We took the same hypnobirth class for a refresher. And it still was just every birth is different. Every baby is different. And no matter how much you prepare, everything changes. And yeah, that third one was... We, we still had the home birth. Everything was safe, good. Um, we did it unmedicated, but it was just way more intense than with Coda. Well, okay, so is that it for you? Is yeah. your large, beautiful family, are, are you done? Or Yes, we are done. No more children. <laughs> no more. Cut no off. More. We're good. <laughs> well, journey, because can, can you share, like, what, what are their ages? Because it's always, like, lovely to hear like what the age gaps are uh -huh. and what those differences and and how that all kind of pans out for you. Yeah. So like I said, I didn't originally want kids at all. So when Pete brought up having a second one, I told him, well, you need to like give me time. Um, I know myself incredibly well. I know I like my alone time. I get overwhelmed super easy. Um, so I knew I couldn't have them close, closer together. So when he brought up having a second, I said, you've got to give me at least four years. I want Allie to be old enough to use the restroom to feed herself. I don't want to be feeling like I'm taking care of two babies. It will ruin me. Like I just knew it wouldn't be good for me. It wouldn't be for our relationship. I wouldn't be a good mom. So we waited and had Coda and Allie and Coda are five years apart. And then when we considered having a third, it was the same. Like I just told him, you've got to give me at least four years. And Coda and Frankie are four and a half years apart. So almost five, five wow. year gaps between all of them. And I love it. It's great. It takes, a, I mean, it, it would take a little pressure off for you. And, and it's so fair to say to make sure that the oldest is, you know, baby one mm -hmm. is kind of like, can be self-sufficient with the toilet. Yeah. Could you know, maybe help out with that little thing called tidy up. Yes. Oh. <laughs> we're, we're really, really trying to implement that right now with um, our daughter, Adia. It's like tidy up. And we like try to be like, it, you know, you get cocoa melon if you yeah. tidy up. <laughs> Even though she will only pick up like one Lego or yeah. one crayon at a time, she's still, she's understanding it. So, so this is good for yeah. me. I mean, I love... I, I would love to fall pregnant tomorrow and, and I can only hope, I mean, I'm now very geriatric and, you know, 42. So I can only just cross my fingers and hope and pray that that will happen. And they would, you know, if, if yeah. we do fall lucky, then, you know, Adia will, you know, be four, if not five years okay. old. And like so age gap is great. Like I, 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 I can barely manage myself with one baby. Like I can barely stay above water with one. So I couldn't imagine having two so close together. Everybody is different and some people love it that way. And I have so many friends that have closer age kids, but man, I just know I couldn't handle. 
<laughs> and well, then how how do you be, with with the age gap and their schedules and their different wants and their needs? Yeah. Is there tips and tricks that you have kind of like pulled in close to your heart that really work for you that you would love to share? You know what? I don't know. I don't have any tips or tricks, but I can say because they day by day. Yeah. <laughs> Because they're so spread out, it's nice because they're at different stages in life. So it's like Allie is in fifth grade. So she's in school all day. Coda's in kindergarten. He's in half day. And then so like during the day, we've got Frankie all to herself. So it's been nice to be able to have that one-on-one -on -one time with each baby. Um, because once Coda was born, Allie just started first grade. So then it was our kindergarten and then first grade. So it was like we had that alone time with them and we had time to spread out. So I feel like we get... I honestly don't get me wrong. Having three kids is chaotic, but it to it feels easy. Having one is chaotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels it feels easier because they're spread out. Like they all, Allie goes and plays with her friends. Coda goes and plays with his friends. So we do get a lot of time with just the baby, which is nice. So through the chaos, through the glitter, the crayons, the stickers, the vomit all the things, all the things. where did you go? I want my own business. I want to create this platform. I want to advocate for women. Where did this, where was that aha? And because in the, in the thick of it all, I'm sorry, starting a business as a new parent with a second child, with a third child. I mean, come on. Yeah. You've got some broad shoulders, Lindsay, <laughs> broad shoulders. Um, well, I will say I'm going to take my hat off because it's driving me crazy. Um, it wasn't easy, but I started, I actually, so I was working at a company where I was a project manager and I just had Allie. So Allie was like two years old and I was like, I want to own my own business. I was not loving my job or what I was doing. I wasn't happy. And so I was like, I want to start a business. And at that time I saw like Instagram had just come out and I feel like companies were starting to use Instagram for marketing, which is, I mean, genius, but at the time it was new, like no one was doing this. So I was like, oh, I want to start a company. So I actually started a company called Lot 801 and I just ordered a bunch of fabric and I made baby leggings and sold them on Etsy. And I was like, I'm going to do this part-time while I have my full-time job and I'm going to make money and I'm going to quit my job and it's going to be great success. And that's exactly what didn't happen. <laughs> I, I did that for a few years and like, it just was not making money. It was sustaining itself. I never was able to take an income. It, it was not connecting. And, um, so I was about ready to give up and go get because I at that time I had quit my job a year into it I'm like I'm gonna go full force I'm gonna quit my job if I put all my time into this I know it will work and it didn't <laughs> so I was about ready to go back to work and I'm like maybe I need to go get a real job I don't know why this isn't working and so uh, I had just had Coda Coda was new and I went to my friend's wedding and I was feeding him um, in my dress at the wedding at the table. And my mom came over to me and she said, do you really think you should be feeding him here? Maybe you should go do that in the bathroom. And when she said that, all I could think was if she had said that to the five-year-ago Lindsay, first time mom Lindsay with Allie, I would have been mortified because I was so, I had zero confidence to breastfeed her in public at all. I would have gotten right up from my table, went to the bathroom and cried and been embarrassed and fed her there. 
But this time I had more confidence with Coda. And so I just turned to her and I said, no, thanks. Like we're comfortable where we're at. And, and she walked away and that was it. So on my drive home, I was like, you know what? There needs to be a brand out there that just is like every new mom's best friend to let them know their legal rights as a breastfeeding mother. And to just know that it's okay to feed in public. If somebody asks you to leave, you don't have to. And so I, we created like a milk maker t-shirt and we released that and we just sold out like within 24 hours. And I was like, okay, the world needs this. We're onto something. So I completely rebranded from lot 801 to the little milk bar. And honestly, it just took off. And I think it's because one, the world needed it Two, like moms needed that best friend to give them permission. And three, it's something I was really passionate about. So it was like an easy transition for me. I mean, talk a little bit more about laws and rights, because is this something that you're seeing in America where states are taking it upon themselves to kind of cap it, put it under lock? Or do you feel like you're getting the support from the country that this is being normalized and allowed and women can be a bit more free and others should be more understanding? (laughs) So I wish that I, I wish it was all of those things. I, I gave a good old eye roll on that one. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> um, so there is not one blanketed law that stands behind breastfeeding women and protects them. And there should be, there needs to be like one big federal law that, that gives, you know, our the support to the women. But I will say this: so every state has their own individual laws. And literally until 2018, there were still two states, which was Utah, which is where I live, and Idaho were the two standing states left that um, breastfeeding in public was not legal, which is insane. We are like, wait, what? Like, how is that against the law to breastfeed your baby? It's I mean, weird. Utah in general is very family, like, yes. big families. Like, it's, that's yeah, kind of hard to put a cap on that. Yes, right? It didn't make sense. Um, but it was a big win in 2018 when both states, um, finally put it into law, but each state does have their own individual laws. And so I'm not an expert on every state's law, but some states say it's legal to breastfeed in public, but if you're on a private property that is owned by whomever, then they have permission to ask you to, to cover up or to leave or to kick you out, which is really unfortunate. It is really terrible. Honestly, we, we have a long way to go in the breastfeeding community. That's for sure. Yeah. I actually recently was on your Instagram and you um, wrote about someone that excused herself in the restaurant. And then she Mm. went into the bathroom to feed her child and you, you had went into the restroom, but then you came back out, but then you just were like, no, I'm going back in. I'm going to have the conversation with you. Did you ever think where you are with the business, with the little milk bar, that this would just really grow internally inside of you to find such a huge voice? Because even you said your confidence was really hit when you first, when you had your first child and I'm sorry, hormones keep on getting hit left, right and center after baby number two and baby number three. How did you, how were you able to find your confidence to really take stand for others? So that is such a good question. I 
like you said, with my first, I did not have the confidence. Like I was just taught that it's polite to excuse yourself and go feed in a private area. So I was with my daughter, Allie, constantly feeding in a dirty bathroom stall, like all the time. If we were at a restaurant, I'd get up and leave. I never fed at the table. And it was miserable because by the time I was done feeding her, my meal was cold and everybody was ready to go. So it, like that first, and I fed her 18 months. It was awful. Those 18 months were awful. So I think like when I found out I was pregnant with Coda, I internally made that promise to myself that I would have more confidence because I didn't want to be miserable. So the moment that I decided that for myself, I feel like was the moment that I, I'm not a shy person. <laughs> I am like happy to speak up when I see something that I don't believe in is happening, like something wrong. And so the moment I made that decision for myself and changed that thought process for me, um, was the moment I decided to advocate for everybody, not just myself. And so I just think it was just making the decision to have that confidence is what changed it all for me. And so I have no problem, but I will say this, it doesn't mean it's always easy. So the incident you mentioned when I was at, um, I was at lunch with my mom, we walked into the restaurant. I see this lady with her husband and she's got this baby and she was looking around nervously. And I know, like I looked right at her and I knew exactly what that feels like when your baby's hungry and mom you've is, never mom is instinct. Mom yes. is instinct. You've never fed in public before. So you're nervously looking around thinking, what do I do? She whispers in her husband's ear, husband's ear goes up and walks away towards the bathroom. And I'm just sitting there eating my lunch. And I just kept telling my mom, mom, I think she went to the bathroom to eat. Like, what do I do? Do I go say something? Like, I don't want to make her feel ashamed. I just want her to know her rights. And so I went back and forth in my head a lot. Like, is it my place to say something? Is it not? And I said, you know what? There's nothing wrong with just stating her legal rights and she can take that for what she wants. And so I, I did, I walked up, I went to the bathroom and I could tell she was feeding the baby because she wasn't like, I, I wasn't being a creeper. I could just see under the stall, her feet were walking back and forth. She was holding her baby. And I was like, do I say something? And then I got a little nervous. I walked out. And then I'm like, no, like this is, this is so important. So I walked back in and I said, um, it looks like you're feeding your baby in there. And she was like, I am. And I just told her, you know, it's your legal right to breastfeed your baby. If you want to go back into the restaurant and finish your meal with your husband, you can feed your baby right there. You don't have to come in here. And she just like her voice kind of cracked. And she said, is that true? And I said, yes, it is. I just wanted you to know that. And then I just, it kind of sounded like she was starting to cry. Um, but then I walked out of the bathroom, paid my bill and we left and I never saw her again, but I'm hoping, you know, now she knows. So she has the option next time to know she doesn't have to leave. She can still enjoy her meal with her husband. Are you finding now as your community grows and grows with, especially on the Instagram platform and on TikTok, that you're getting, you're hearing more confidence from your community or do you still feel it wavers and it still is a few years behind? So there's a lot of in-betweens, but I feel like people that have been following me for a while they're, they're gaining their confidence. Like I get a lot of messages that is like, wow, I found you three years ago with my first baby where I was never thought I'd feed in public. I was terrified. 
And just from following you, now I'm on my second breastfeeding journey and now I've breastfeed anywhere and everywhere. And now they're advocating for other women too and posting on their social medias, which is great. But then we also get parents that are finding us for the first time, new moms that aren't used to the idea of women feeding in public. And so then we also get those comments like, I don't know, like this is great for you, but I don't know if I could ever do this. Um, or we still kind of get, nasty comments sometimes, not so much on Instagram, mostly like on Facebook or TikTok. <laughs> um, so I feel like a lot of people that are in our community feel like, wow, the times have caught up. People are breastfeeding in public and people are embracing it. But outside of our bubble, it's really not because even in Instagram is blocking ads. If we show a mother breastfeeding, they'll block it for sexual content. They've recently taken down one of my videos of me breastfeeding my baby because it was viewed as sexual content. So um, it's kind of all over the place. Oh my gosh. What if, or how do you give advice, perhaps tips, or lead someone who is afraid to just simply breastfeed? I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm going to confess to you, Lindsay, we, we've now known each other for, you know, what, 25 minutes, 28 <laughs> minutes. Um, time is ticking. I feel like you're a fast friend of mine now. I did not breastfeed. I said it. I've said it on the podcast many times. And I've said, I've also said, I was afraid. I was mm -hmm. afraid I would fail at it. I was afraid that I couldn't schedule it right because at the time, mm -hmm. pre-COVID, before, you know, our every, the world's tables got flipped upside down. And so I thought I was going to be running this business in central London. And I, I, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't be able to properly do it. And I wouldn't be able to be a, you know, a thousand percent mom and a thousand percent businesswoman. So I thought that that was the right way I should go. But I will say in my top three reasonings, one of them was I was scared. Hmm. And I, I, I just like, how, how is it, how can we ease that? How can we take that stigma in itself away? I understand that it is the best, you know, the best, the breast is the best. <laughs> it's from your body. You've already carried the child for X amount of months and that nutrient. I get all of that, but sometimes people can't breastfeed, yeah. but then others are just scared because they don't have the knowledge. So first of all, I think it's so important for every parent to feed however works for them. So if at the time, you know, you're thinking you can't do this, you can't, you know, you're running your business, you're doing this, that was probably the best decision for you at the time. And that's what works for you. And that's what worked for your baby. And so first and foremost, that's so important of finding what works for you. Um, and we always say whether you breastfed for three days, three weeks, three months, three years, like it doesn't, it really doesn't matter or never it doesn't matter. You did exactly what you needed to do for you and your baby and your mental state. At I, I love that child to, to <laughs> yeah. the, you know, to the moon and back to the ends of the earth. I will do anything for my child yes. to trust me. And I'm not going to lie. I may have gone through about 15 different formulas and the <laughs> oh. reflux that that child had and the sleepless nights, like all new parents, I'm telling you what, I, that in itself was a job of yeah. disfiguring formula. But Absolutely. there is that still sense of failing yeah. because I didn't do it. So I think we don't have enough education. Like there's just not, we're not learning enough because it's been so 
hidden for so long. Like when I got pregnant, I don't think the, anybody ever talked to me about breastfeeding. Like none, my doctors, midwives, like OBs, none of them even mentioned like, Hey, um, do you want to take a breastfeeding course? Or, Hey, how do you plan to feed your baby? Like that conversation never even came up until I was at the hospital. And still then my doctors never even had a conversation with me or my nurses about the baby until the baby was born. And I brought it up to them. And I said, I want to breastfeed my baby. I don't know how, I have no idea what I'm doing. Do you have like a lactation consultant that I can meet with? And they're like, Oh, we do, but they're only here Monday through Friday. And it was a Saturday that I had her. So I'm like, okay, so then what about all the moms? Like, do moms not have babies on weekends? Like, (laughs) what do we do on the weekend? How do we learn to feed our baby? I've never done this before. And how have I gone through nine months of pregnancy, labor and delivery? And this is the first time we're having this conversation. I'm just supposed to learn on the spot. Like, what? So um, yeah, I never met with a lactation consultant at the hospital because of that. So I had to go home and luckily I, I think my husband Googled like what to do if you don't know how to breastfeed. And like this article came up about lactation consultants. And honestly, I didn't even know what they were or that they came to your, like we called, they came to my house and they showed me how to latch my baby and what it does and the benefits and how, you know, they're getting enough. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like a lot. Why didn't we know this? So I think it's just, hearing about it more, seeing more women, um, seeing more working women, um, because even working moms, like when I went back to work after with Ali, I pumped at work for a year. And that was one of the hardest things I had ever done, but I'd never seen anybody do that. Like my friends weren't breastfeeding at the time. How does this work? How do we do this? There's just not enough education. We're pregnant. Why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't we offering classes? If that's how we choose to breastfeed, Hey, this is a great class for you to take. So you can learn and you're not so scared or nervous about the first time. Seeing how your business has grown and seeing where you started and where you are now, what are your hopes, your dreams for the Little Milk Bar to continue on education programs? Are, are, are there more chats? Are there more seminars that you're hoping to do? Like what, could you share some of the plans that are in the pipeline for the Milk Bar? So I want the Little Milk Bar to be an all in-house for breastfeeding everything. And I've slowly grown it. Like when I first started, I was just doing it at my house packaging and shipping from my kitchen table. And now we've got like employees and slowly growing, like we don't have investors. It's just, it's just all been, you know, me and slowly growing. So we eventually want to have anything you can think of breastfeeding in-house. So you can just go to the littlemilkbar.com and purchase anything that you might need during your breastfeeding journey in general. Um, so that's more products, that stuff for working moms. We recently introduced our alley bras that we can't keep in stock that are like the most amazing postpartum bras and super cute. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got, I would love to eventually have like lactation consultants in house that we can send out like within the little milk bar in our local areas. And eventually, you know, all over the country, I want it to be so big, (laughs) I want the little milk bar to just be there for every breastfeeding mom. There's a, there's breastfeeding brands out there, but they're all, I feel like, and I feel this to my core. And I think this is why the little milk bar has been so successful is all of these brands are a company that is trying to sell you a product and make a ton of money. Um, I get it. That's what business is. 
I, the little milk bar has kind of taken a different approach where our, our priority is to support the breastfeeding mom first. And like, it's always hard to explain to people what the little milk bar does and how we make money. Because I say we, we're empowering breastfeeding brand and they're like, well, how do you make money? Well, we just happen to sell merchandise, which is kind of like our secondary, you know, like when we send products out, we send empowering messages. We give mothers their legal rights, like on our little note cards. And it's like, why is no other breastfeeding brand out there doing this? They say you're, they're there to support you and help you on your journey, but none of them are actually feeding you with any education or information in general. So like that, that community always comes first for us and that support. And then like the products come second, but one day the little milk bar will have every product you ever need during your breastfeeding journey. And most importantly for working moms, there's just not enough out there for working pumping moms. No, I, I, I didn't breastfeed, but I can tell you hand on heart. I, I don't see it either. Yeah. Just, you can just tell, um, pass the torch to that expecting busy mumsy, you know, you, you're a mama bear to three. What, what do you know now? What do you know now that, that has really helped you through that has shocked you, but like, oh yeah, that has helped me to be the woman I am today. Um, that nobody knows what they're doing. Like the moment I realized that, because I don't know how many times, especially with Ali, I Googled like how to get my baby to sleep through the night. And there's like 50 million articles and it's like, oh, I'm going to follow this influencer because her baby's sleeping through the night, but you could do everything that they did and your baby's still not going to sleep through the night. Like every baby is different. Every parenting style is different. Nobody knows exactly what they're doing. They're just winging it and figuring out what works for them. And so you just got to find out what works for you and know that you are doing the best that you can. Like, everybody's drowning. I don't care if you see Susie on her Instagram profile and it always looks perfect. I promise you behind that profile, it is not perfect. And there's chaos. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are, there are a lot of unwashed heads of hair. There yes. are a lot of unshaved <laughs> legs. And yes. let me tell you, Lindsay, I, today I washed my hair for you and it had been five <laughs> that ponytail was holding itself up by itself with no elastic. I love it. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom and your inspiration. Cause let me tell you, you are helping so many women globally feel confident and that's gold dust. So I can only hope that the products come out because your community's there and cheering you on. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yes! Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. Yeah.